0: Welcome to the Mesa Chamber of Commerce Inside Business Podcast. My name is Sally Harrison. I'm the President and CEO of the Mesa Chamber of Commerce. And today we're in the University of Phoenix podcast studio. And joining me is chamber member and the sponsor of our podcast studio, our friends from the University of Phoenix. This is episode two of our series with the University of Phoenix. And today's show is, can we improve quality of care during the... COVID-19 pandemic, and is presented by the University of Phoenix. Rising to the occasion, medical practitioners are leveraging technology to serve patients safely and conveniently, as well as increase customer service using telehealth platforms. Dr. Jenny Brady of the University of Phoenix College of Nursing speaks to these industry advances and the impact of the patient experience. Dr. Brady holds a doctorate in nursing practice which is DNP and is a Certified Family Nurse Practitioner FNP. Welcome to the show, Jenny. We're so glad you're here with us today. Hi, Sally. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. we have a lot to cover, so we're going to get started. Um, First question, Jenny. I understand you're a family nurse practitioner. Can you please share how COVID-19 pandemic has impacted the way you care um, for your patients? Oh, Sally, thank you. This is such an interesting topic.
1: And let me start by saying that we have learned so much about the delivery of patient care since the pandemic started and we're continuing to learn. In February of 2020, we know the Centers for Disease Control asked the public and healthcare providers to adopt social distancing practices in an attempt to reduce the spread of COVID-19. Now, from the healthcare side, um, an unfortunate but necessary part of this was to change the way and actually limit the way we are delivering services in an in-office setting. So we quickly learned that we were gonna need to transform the way healthcare was being delivered. With the rise of COVID patients, patients actually became reluctant to come into the office because they were afraid they were gonna be exposed themselves. So there was a huge gap there that we needed to fix. Now, virtual healthcare delivery or telehealth has been around for a long time, but until the pandemic, it was not a widespread practice. Since the pandemic has started, many healthcare organizations have adopted and implemented telehealth services into their daily practice, and it is now becoming a routine way to provide
0: patient care. Okay. Well, now talk about what telehealth is and how does it improve access to healthcare? Absolutely. So telehealth
1: is defined as the delivery of clinical services in a virtual setting using two-way telecommunication, like a phone, video, or messaging. And there are many benefits to delivering healthcare this way. So patients will benefit from the convenience of being able to schedule a routine or same-day appointment from their home or wherever they happen to be that day. And they not only reduce their risk of Exposure to illness, but it also eliminates the need for them to arrange transportation to and from their appointment. So they're essentially saving time and saving transportation expenses. There are benefits to the provider and the healthcare organization as well. So providers can also conduct these visits from their office or their home. This is encouraging social distancing for the providers, limiting their exposure, keeping them healthy, and allowing them to continue serving the population that they're trying to meet. This also stop. <laughs> I like oh, you. Yeah. Stop. All right. so, <laughs> Here we go again. All right, patient visits can also be scheduled in a more efficient manner by eliminating barriers such as patients running late or being stuck in traffic. These problems would have originally altered patient flow causing patients to run late, some patient appointments being missed. And with telehealth, we eliminate that. The, pay, the provider stays on time, the patient's time is not wasted, and we're finding that the provider can actually see more patients in any given
0: day than they typically would be able to do in the in-office setting. That sounds great. So talk about what challenges there may be uh, with delivering health care via
1: telehealth. There are still many hurdles that we need to address. So first, the technology needed to conduct a telehealth visit must be available to both the patient and the provider, and that means that both parties at a minimum must have a working phone and good phone service if you're going to conduct a video call, then that is going to require the patient and the provider to both have a computer or another device with a camera, a good internet connection, and then the provider also needs to have access to a secure telehealth platform for data security.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Both the patient and the provider must understand how to use and troubleshoot this technology. (laughs) Some of the other barriers you might see, if there's a language or communication barrier, this can make these exchanges a little more difficult. And then there's also some limitations in the types of patient encounters that can be successfully completed in the telehealth setting. So for example, Sally, telehealth works very well for chronic disease management, follow-up, medication refills, exploring mental health concerns, the need to generate referral letters and simple same day low risk concerns such as I have cold like symptoms or I have urinary tract infection symptoms. The provider can order labs and imaging and referrals all from a telehealth visit. Um, but there are some things that are limited. So for example, technology itself limits how well we can truly assess the patient in this format. So listening to the patient's heart or lung sounds can be a problem. Vital same data such as heart rate, blood pressure, temperature, and oxygen levels. Unless this equipment has been provided to the patient ahead of time and the patient understands how to use it, that information may not be readily available for the provider when they're assessing the patient and And sometimes this is a very crucial piece of the puzzle, allowing the provider to determine patient acuity and what it best needs
0: to be done for next steps. Okay, so do patients really get some of that equipment to use so a doctor can figure out how to like, listen to their heart? Sometimes... They do, and
1: our technology is advancing in such a way Uh so that there there is equipment that can be set in stone for some of your more chronic patients Uh that will allow the provider to do this. So, for example, um, if you have a patient that you really want to listen to heart and lung sounds, you know this is a chronic Uh, patient that needs these assessments regularly, there is equipment that can be deployed into the home setting. Now, you would have to have someone there, such as a medical assistant or a nurse who's responding to the patient's home, and then that medical assistant or nurse can actually place this equipment appropriately over the patient's heart or over the patient's lung, and the sounds are then transmitted through to the provider on the other end. Wow, that's amazing. It is. It's not a widespread practice, and this is where we can be doing better with our technological
0: advances to support telehealth. Okay, so talk about what kind of support is needed to improve the access technology, the care of telehealth. Sure.
1: So like I talked about, we are making incredible advances in the types of technology that are available to help us better assess patients in their home. But If we could improve partnerships with corporations to provide this technology for our patients um, and encourage tech companies to continue to explore new innovations for telehealth, that would really help push us forward. Telehealth, we know, can play an integral role in the planning and response of any municipality during a public health emergency such as a pandemic like we're seeing continued efforts to expand telehealth services offered in federally qualified health centers and rural health clinics should definitely be encouraged and providers are still often struggling a lot of times with reimbursement for telehealth services through both federal and third party private payers because reimbursement policies are going to vary payer to payer advocating for consistent reimbursement practices would help secure the ability to offer telehealth services to all of those who may benefit.
0: That's great. Do you think the pandemic will impact the way healthcare is delivered in the future?
1: I absolutely do. We have developed new protocols and systems for encouraging social distancing, for sterilizing and reusing equipment, and even for expanding our clinical workforce to meet unprecedented patient care demands. Some of these strategies, like telehealth, are being embraced by patients and providers alike. And we're finding that they're eliminating many of the frustrating barriers that are experienced during an in office visit. I do see a future that embraces the delivery of healthcare in a virtual setting. This pandemic has shown us that predicting the future healthcare needs is not always a simple calculation and it's not always predictable. In response, we're developing a healthcare system that is able to provide a creative and nimble response, adjusting as needed to meet the medical needs of our community.
0: Wow, great information. We, we have a, a program within our own insurance here at the chamber that we have telehealth and I, I know it's so convenient for most people. I would think that this would just continue to grow. I think it will too. I myself have used this through the insurance carrier
1: where I work and I can remember thinking the first time I used it, why have we not been doing this yeah. forever? Right. It's so convenient. Yeah, well, anything else before we wrap up
0: today? I think that's it, unless you have any more questions for me. I think we're good. Jenny, thanks for joining us today on the Insight Business Podcast. You can find all of our episodes of the Insight Business Podcast at iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, or your own favorite podcast website. You can also find them online at mesachamber.org. Thanks again, Jenny. Thank you for having me, Sally.